Joining me today is not only a Shamrock Rovers legend, but he's a League of Ireland great. Harry Kenny has won every domestic honour and was a member of that wonderful four-in-a-row league winning team in the 80s. Harry, welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Listen, Harry, we'll have a lot of listeners out there who'll know you as a Bray Wanderers and St. Pat's manager. Uh, age, obviously, is uh, is on their side, more so probably than us. So I thought, <laughs> I, thought I might go back in time a little bit and discuss uh, when you actually did play football. So you made your debut for Rovers at 16. Is that correct? I did, yeah. Um, that was way back. I think that was late 70s. At the time, who was uh, under Tony Giles, and he came back from West Ham first. He set up a full time setup uh, over in Milltown there, and uh, had these. He was way ahead of his time. He had this idea that uh, he got a best young player to come playing full time football and uh, ending up competing in Europe. And um, and brought home a few lads from West Brom as well at the time. Um, I'm as you rightly say, Sean, the age now. <laughs> playing with uh, Paddy Mulligan, he came back from West Brom, and Ray Tracy, fellow by the name of Steve Linux was West Brom, Pierce O'Leary, Jim Beglin. So it was a good crew of names there, and Giles, to be fair to him, he was still playing as well, even though he was a bit of an outlaw at 48, you know. <laughs> so um, they were great times, and uh, full time football back then was, was brilliant. Uh, what I will say about Twelves was he, he wanted to play total football, but the pitches sort of in them days allowed. Apart from Milltown, where our home ground was, which you've you've, ne- you've nearly covered every question I've had to ask you there, Harry. The, the, the interview's over. The interview's over. Listen, are you about that? No, great to talk. You uh, yeah, you played two hundred and fifteen games for Rovers. You scored five goals over those. You probably can remember the five goals, can you? It's not all I scored. I took penalties for quite a bit. Did you? Uh, sort of uh, mid to late. Yeah, I scored a penalty in one of the cup finals. A bit with the years, you know. Um, it was against Dundalk, St. Alan O'Neill, two shots that day. But um, yeah, I scored a penalty. Wasn't uh, really known for my goal scoring. I was a creator <laughs> goal on the, on the right hand side with Paul Dillon. So yeah, I wasn't the best goal scorer in the world. What's your standout memories for playing for Rovers? There must be so many. Probably fantastic memories. Uh, I tell you, rather than say me standout, my biggest disappointment was uh, we got Celtic in the in the old uh, European Cup um, first leg at home in Milltown, and obviously the place was packed out. But I had broken a bone in the in the uh, leg on the Sunday prior to the Wednesday's match which really uh, cracked me up with the Mickey Mouse old match against Limerick in the market field so I didn't get to play in that that was a huge disappointment but of a lot of standout memories you know scored against Sporting Lisbon in a team tournament I think it was pre-season at the end of the season one or the other um, we played the three teams uh, tournament against Atletico Madrid and Santander as well which was great and then we played against all the the, the, the bigger guns, uh, United, Marathon used to come over, 
uh, went and played. Uh, the, I tell you, the, the, the qualifying uh, Olympics was very, very good. Do you remember them days when the, I the do. League of Ireland represented? I do, yeah. yeah. I, I just barely yeah. remember them now, yeah. Just slightly underneath yeah. your, your, the, the age bracket for that. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and did, yeah, you, yeah, you, you represented Ireland in, in, in those competitions? Yeah, in the qualifying series, yeah, against uh, the different countries. Like, the likes of Limpar was playing for Sweden in them days. You know, there was lots of big names and that. And, of course, uh, I represented the country in 21, 19 and 15. So, I have a lot of brilliant memories, you know. Yeah, and a lot of big teams there you're after mentioned. So, I'm going to skip on to the question. You, you must have had a lot of, of European good nights. So, was there any one match in particular or one player in particular on your European nights that really stood out for you? Um, I suppose and, and it, it, it doesn't sound great the, the, the biggest match uh, or the most terrifying match I've ever played in was against Linfield in, in the, the old European Cup. Yeah. Um, you remember Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland and the atmosphere up there with yeah. Billy Bingham and all the rest. Um, it was something similar to that when we went up there. We got a, a, an escort from, uh, from Milton all the way up to Belfast, you know. And there were cards outside our doors uh, in the hotel and uh, let us in and all this sort of stuff before it. And even even the match, like the crowd and the hostile atmosphere was unbelievable. Even ball, little ball boys, you know, called, you know, seeing and this, seeing and that, you know, was... <laughs> It was, it was scary stuff, but once you're on the pitch and getting on with the football, it was fine, you know. And did the file you thrived in that, or what, did it did it distract you? No, we thrived on it. Uh, they had a fella sent off. We drew nil-nil up there, but we, we, we should have went on to win it up there because we ended up getting fun on the away goal at home, 1-1. But, uh, yeah, we thrived on that. It was crazy. We sort of played them off the pitch up there, but just settled for the draw thinking it was a good result and then uh, came back to Milltown and ended up seeing and going out on the on the away goal you know you, but, you uh, I, I had some good times you said yourself you played under John Giles and there was a couple of other managers while you were at Shamrock Rovers did any of those managers leave an impression on you when you sort of went into management yourself uh, I think Giles left the biggest impression now Sounds a bit silly in a sense that Jim, Jim Lockton got all the success before in the row. Well, I thought Kermit Keeley came on and came in and uh, won a double at the end of the four. But um, Johnny Giles, I loved him. You know, he he was brilliant. He'd a, he'd a memory like I don't know what. He'd come in after a match and say, Do you remember this in the 70 yard minute? And you're wondering what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> you know, he, he was just fantastic and his knowledge of the game was unbelievable. And, what a player as well so it was great to play with him at the end of his career he was still doing his business as I said earlier at the, at, in his late 40s so um, they were great great old pros to play with you know Mulligan and uh, Ray Tracy those types of fellas and old Sinek you know they, they were really great pros to play with Pierce O'Leary played you, the, as well didn't he? Pierce played yeah right, Pierce yeah. a very good player yeah yeah he played for, for Ireland a bit too with Dave Somebody played against England that time over in Wembley. That's right. Yeah, he's a decent player. Pierce went over to Vancouver Whitecaps. Did you end up there? I had one season there. Yeah, yeah, yeah one season. Right, yeah. I um, I I broke my leg 
uh, it was two different seasons. Giles was managing both. It was winter here in Ireland, then over there, then in the summer with Vancouver. Giles was doing both. So um, he took, I went over because I'd broken my leg um, in the season with Rovers. So I went there to try and recuperate and play over there. So when I got there, I broke my leg after two weeks again, and it was it was just to really recuperate. But they they were team full of stars, you know. In that US league at the time in the eighties, there was loads of stars playing there. Like in Vancouver, there was uh, Nobby Styles was your reserve team manager, and Peter Beersy was playing up front for Vancouver, and Giles had all the Leeds fellas playing Harvey and Yarrett. Peter Lorem was. Uh, playing a little bit as well so you know it was full of superstars over I remember Alan Taylor that played with West Ham scored against they were all there so that, that was a brilliant experience brilliant. and for those who never experienced Milltown I know we have Tallah Stadium a stadium over there now which is uh, obviously a great little stadium to have but for those who didn't experience Milltown what was it like to play there? Oh, it was great it was brilliant. Like Giles, to be fair to him, insisted on a on a pitch that was a, like a billiard table, you know. And the pitch was fantastic. The ground was great, and we got great crowds there as well, particularly on them uh, European nights. So when there was teams challenging us in the league or, or the bowls matches, the derby matches, they were, they were brilliant nights over there, and we, we had a very good uh, fan base as well. So um, yeah, it was great, particularly uh, under the lights there. Most of the matches in them days were, were on a Sunday. When, when we did get to play midweek under the lights, Milltown was a, a great place to play. Brilliant. Did, is there anything in, in football back then that modern-day football could take on and benefit from? Uh, good question. Um, well... So there was a real toughness about all them fellas that came back from, from, from the UK. You don't really see any tackling nowadays, you know, that, that went on in them days. Even though I was a young flit in that, you know, you get the old pros looking at you. You don't really see old pros like Giles and I mentioned Dunphy, but he was brutal, uh, and, and, and Tracy. They, they were great pros, you know, and they, they really looked after you. I'm not so sure that they're uh, in the in the current league, I could think of a few of the Dundalk lads who would be brilliant pros, you know. But after that, that there isn't really too many old pros. Joey O'Brien, I suppose, with Rovers, fellas like that. There's not enough of them around the yeah. place to sort of guide the young fellas through. You know, they're on they're on their own. And would um, and would you yeah. would you would you like? I mean, everyone likes to play football, so it's a bit of a stupid question. But would you, if you had the chance to play football now or play it back then, when would you like to play? I think now, I think uh, players are technically better now and they're gifted and there's more skill on show and they can do better things with a football. You know, even these free kicks, the way they're kicking the middle of the ball and a lot of the players, there's better ability, they're fitter, they're looking after themselves better. Um, I I think the game is, 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 it's hard to compare both because we had a really, really good team in, in the 80s, you know. Um but I, I think the, the, the probably the, the standard, the, the technical standard is, is probably better at the moment, you know. But I, I think a lad like Liam O'Brien that I would have played with him, Pat Bourne, Nick Bourne, 
Gould and all of these, Mick Neville, they were all very, very good players. But I think if you look at it overall, there's probably more technical players today than there was when I was playing. Yeah, does it give you hope for Irish football on a national level now? The way, and I'm 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 jumping ahead of myself here, but I'm, I just popped into my head. The way that the the league is structured now with the underage, the thirteens, fifteens, seventeens, nineteens, and the way that it is trying to go as a Dundalk and Rovers are trying to get into that professional, continuous professional outfit, and the others obviously have have to try and follow. But does it is it more? Are we in a better place now than we ever have, or is it just? a better place potentially? I think it's a better place potentially. Um, you know, despite all the, the side shows that are going on with the FAI and the league getting loads of stick over all sorts of stuff, you know, um, in, in the papers for all the wrong reasons. But at the same time, like, um, you just, all, all you have to do is look at Dundalk and Rovers' efforts in Europe. I mean, they've been great, really, really good, and they've they've some fantastic players and lads. Lads nowadays, anyone you think of that has gone to England and sort of made it is coming from the league, and and you only have to look at the players that are playing with the national team. A big heap of them have played in our league in the Air Fifty League, you know. So. Mm. I think I think it, it, the league is good, and a lot of them are gone full time. You know, Pats are full time. Uh, I think half the league, at least half the league, are, are full time. You know, so it, that only has to be good. And the coaching is better too. It's much yeah. better. You know, yeah, I think it's very very good. The coaches are good. The pitches are better. You know, I, I think it, it it's uh, very very good at the minute. Yeah. Have you finishing off on your career? Have you any regrets from your playing careers? Any offers to go abroad that you may not have taken? Oh, only when I joined Rovers at that time, uh, when I was 16, I could have went to a couple of clubs, you know, but uh, I'm from a family of nine boys, you know, and it was uh, a bit of a home board. So uh, when the well, the full-time setup came to stay at home, I took that. I, I was away with Arsenal and Wolves when they were in the old fourth division and a few other clubs. Um, but yeah, like Giles came to the door and like that it was like it was like our lord coming into the house, you know, like what do you want, John? Yeah, where do you want me to sign type of thing? So that that was great, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I I've no real regret, no. The only thing is I, I broke my leg at a at an awful time, you know. I was nineteen and supposed to be going away and clubs looking at you in Infia and um, but I, I recovered well and uh, did well outside of football and did did well then. Had a great career and won uh, loads of stuff. So I can't complain now. No, there's not much you can do about the injuries. They're 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 there. That's just a little bit of luck and, they're uh, part, and, and part, yeah. that's it. Harry, there's Absolutely. been uh, there's been a recent push from clubs not only south of the border but now in the North too to look into an All-Ireland League so what's your thoughts on an All-Ireland League? I'd love to see it I really would I'd like to see it uh, because you know it's not that we're stagnated because a lot of clubs are progressing reasonably well but I just think you'd get more people at the games be more interesting more exciting um, at the minute we're looking at teams playing four, four times against each other and uh that can become a little bit stagnant and a little bit boring. 
Um, I think it'd be interesting to be playing against uh, Northern Ireland teams as well. Uh, I'd certainly be all for it. I think it's a fabulous idea. Um, whether it comes off now or not is another thing. Yeah, not so sure about the Blazers up in Northern Ireland giving up um, wherever they have gone with UEFA and that sort of thing. That well, that's I suppose that's where, that's where the discussions have to come in, isn't it? I mean, they have to really. Yeah, they're going to fight their corner, and, and rightly so to, to fight their corner because. Uh, but I mean, ten out of twelve clubs really want it. They've signed it. They want to discuss it anyhow. We we did a we did a post it up on a League of Ireland uh, Facebook group, which has about thirteen fourteen thousand. Uh, readers on it and we posted on one an Irish league one as well which is about I think it's close to 10,000 uh, for the League of right. Ireland the League of Ireland group were hands down wanted to see an All-Ireland league and it was completely right. the, completely the opposite with, with the Irish league the, the supporters were, were not up for it at all I think the biggest threat the biggest wow. the biggest threat I think they felt was that it would lead to an All-Ireland national team Oh, I see. So I think. And what's wrong with that? I, I, well, I, that's that's I suppose that's that's been the, the, the problem all along. And as you said, when you went to Limfield and to, to play your game, that there there is that bit of history behind. So I think that's the only thing. But I mean, the, the Irish rugby team do it. You know, they've played yeah, games in yeah. Satanta Cups. It, it it can only be a yeah. good thing, and it can make the league stronger and help the teams so in much. Europe. Which would be brilliant. Absolutely, agree, agree totally with you. I mean, I mean, should leave all that stuff behind, you know, with Good Friday agreements and all these politicians working together trying to get peace, you know. And then you can't tell me we can't put uh, football together with uh, our league and their league. I mean, I think that's that's a nonsense. No. Yeah, I think um, I think it's more more the. the the fear of the thought of certain things rather than I think if it materialised uh, I think people would settle into it fairly quickly I don't think it'd be too much of a I problem think so, yeah. yeah listen yeah, I, good, I think yeah. Pat Fendon said it the other day no, well. no one ever got hurt in discussing these things so I think it's definitely something sure. that they should go for uh, yeah, no, the, the league starts back this week and your old club Shamrock Rovers have made a fantastic start to the season and with the league games reduced from 36 to 18 games and only 13 left now to play out of the 18, do managers have to approach the game and the restart any differently? Like, what would you do? How would you approach it now if you were managing in this division? Um, like, it's difficult because they've never been uh, out as long as they have been with the pandemic on. So, um I, I don't think you approach it any differently, you know. Uh, if you were Rovers at Dundalk and you're up getting them wins and you're top of the table, you wouldn't want to be changing it too much. Um, I'm not so sure if you'd, are, they, are you allowed to use more subs than you have in the past? I hadn't heard any. I hadn't heard like that. No, I think I think that was just because no, of summer football, and we're going to go into oh, right. we're going to go into November, aren't we? So I don't think that's a, a problem, and the games will be well spaced out. So it's not. It's I don't think yeah. it's like the, the Premier League where they they literally when you looked at the Manchester United Leicester game the other day, they were dragging their heels and tiredness trying to get around the pitch. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, oh, I don't. I don't think any of the managers have changed uh, their tact on on things. You know. Maybe the teams down around the bottom might do something, but if you're up around the top half of the table, you would like to try and get back to what you were doing before the before the break, you know, and uh, just continue on as you are. Yeah, 
Um, I, I still think it's going to be between the two there at, at the top of the table at the minute. Yeah, and Stephen Bradley, um, Stephen Bradley was in in charge for Rovers probably was it four years now, and he's been under pressure, fierce pressure uh, on a good few occasions with a few of the, the runs he's had. But the club has been very patient with them, and, and and as a manager, you must you must like to see that from a club. That's yeah, absolutely fantastic. Now, um, to be fair to Stephen, he, he stuck out a few bad bad times and fairness to him, and you're right, he say. Rovers being very good to him and uh, they've probably not seen what he's doing in the background because the, their setup is fabulous up there up in Cala and the full time um, is really good and um, they've, they've great crop of young players coming through they've been selling a few of them so the whole thing seems to be working well for them you know and uh, Bradley's leading that in fairness so um, yeah he, he's doing a good job there now Yeah, uh, but I think all managers and players now the football can change very, very quickly. You don't get off to a good start in the, uh, from Friday onwards. Now well, they'll be back on your case again. And that's it. They've, got, well, they got, out, they have, uh, they've won five out of five. I mean, Dundalk have only yeah. lost, lost that one, which was against Rovers, uh, a memorable game in the League of Ireland. But yeah, yeah I mean, well, that, that you can get three bad game, games yeah. in a row and all of a sudden you could be over and that's probably the little bit of a difference uh, now with the, the shorter season. Yeah, very, very fickle. Very, very fickle, the whole thing. Like, uh, I left Pat like and we were only three points off very uh, and bowls at the time with six or seven matches left, you know. Um, but it's, I was getting a lot of stick from, from the supporters, you know, so... Yeah, it's crazy the way I was after winning. Uh, I think it was three games on the bounce, and then lost to UCD in the cup, um, and got a pile of stick. And I said, "I'm not really up for that type of thing." So left then, you know. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we had a couple of people told a few people that you were coming on, and uh, there was a couple of questions, and one was from a league uh, St. Pat's fan. And uh, now this is his question. He says, disappointing spell at St. Pat's as a manager. All right. This is his talks. He says, yeah. would he have liked more time or was it just not meant to be? Um, I would have liked more time, yes. Um, I still uh, beat myself up over that. I probably could have made Europe had they stayed there. As I said earlier, there were only a couple of points behind Derry and Bowles and still to play both of them and our next couple of games were sort of in Harps and UCD in the league so you know it was all to play for but I suppose the, the whole UCD thing they were after getting hammered by Bowles the previous week 10 up or something do you remember that? Yeah I do remember that result? I do remember that yes and then uh, when I saw the cup draw that we got UCD I said that's the worst one we could have got after that result but anyway, such is life. Life goes on, you know. Um, and would yeah, you... look, I, I had a great time at Bray and that and played some fantastic football. And, you know, there was huge amount of changes at Pat. So probably changed too many players, you know. It's, we brought in nine or ten players and led away 11 or 12. So, you know, it was probably too much to sell. Anyway. And do you feel that it was just the pressure that was starting to get you from the fans and not the belief that you were lacking in yourself? Um, it's probably a combination of both, if I'm honest with you. Um, 
I have regrets about not staying on, but uh, whether they really wanted me to stay on is another another thing, you know. So uh, probably the whole thing got too much for me in the end, and uh, I spoke to Fiona Gareth, and we just agreed that we would part ways. So yeah. in the end, it was it was no big deal. But uh, ah, I'd love another go at it type of thing, but. Um, Especially after, after having a bit of success with, with Ray and did reasonably well with that, should have done better. Um, but yeah, I'd like another go. Well, you've answered my next question. Uh, another question from a League of Ireland fan was after his experiences with, with Bray and St. Pat's, would he be slow to get back into the league or is he ready to, to, to get back in? So you're obviously ready to, to give it another go. So what I'm ha- ready, yeah. What have, yeah. You, what have you learned then? Because, I mean, you're living and you're learning and that's always the way. You're always learning something no matter what age you are. So what have you, no, le- what have you learned you, yeah. from your experiences then as be- from being a manager? Well, in, in Bray, uh, it was very, very good. I brought the team uh, from relegate uh, a spot after Mick Cook left and we ended up finishing fifth that year. It was something like 12 or 14 wins on the bounce. It was fantastic. And then the following season, we finished fifth or sixth, which was really good for Bray at the time. We were playing really, really good football. Uh, and I learned, you know, well, everything was great. And I didn't have to think about too much. But if I have uh, something to think about, it would be the whole patch thing. You know, when, when, when times are getting tough and that, you know, you just have to grin and bear it and, uh, you know, have, have someone good beside you that you, you can talk to with that. I had Liam O'Brien, which was an old head. You know, ex United Newcastle is a great fella. He'd be bouncing off him every day, type of thing. You know, does it consume um, your Does it consume life. your life, uh, Harry? Big time, big time. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though you know, say was part time, that you, 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 when you don't get the right results, you don't sleep. Um, you're always thinking of the next match, the next training session. You're thinking of players. You're, you're just thinking of everything. You know. It's, it is, it's 24-7 every day, you know, it really yeah. is. And of course, when you think too hard, a problem that's only a small problem turns into a big problem in your head and you do need that someone that's, special beside you just to uh, set you back on the right road again. Agree totally with you, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good side kick you now to keep you right and stop a panic and, you know, and, and you do... You know, you let it linger in your head and as you say, you can make it actually worse than what it is um, by thinking about it too much. But there's always another match, you know, when you know you get, you get a win or a good result and you're away again and you're back flying again and you get the confidence going again. And, you know, but, but that's life, you know. That is. Would you be interested in moving abroad? Um, good question. A lot, lot of managers from League I of would. Ireland have gone to Scotland to try play their trade there. Would you? I'm not talking about the Sunday Shores. I'm not talking about getting your your your, your flip flops on. I'm talking about you know maybe Scotland. <laughs> maybe you have to go up there and put an extra duffel coat on you. <laughs> yeah, and um, first of all, I, I'd really like to get back into our league, into the League of Ireland, and uh, have a go at that because uh, I didn't leave too well. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, it's just. I wasn't happy with the way I left, you know, and uh, I just wanted to have another goal, I suppose, and uh, 
because I still think I can do it and uh, I have the ability to do it. And I get on well with players and I know the game inside out. And, and I know there's an awful lot of young managers coming through. Um, I don't think it's passed me by just yet. I still think I've lost to offer someone. And, uh, you know, but make, make good, make our good teams into good teams. And that's like the thing which I did at Bray. And it's that fulfilment. That's the that's the kind of the drug, isn't it? The fulfilment that you get, the satisfaction you get out of seeing a plan coming together on the pitch or over a season. That that's what keeps you there. You 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 kind of need yeah. it, don't you? You do, yeah, you do. Yeah, you're, you're you're training all week, and you're you're training for the big day, the big match day. And if you do see stuff coming off that you've done in training, it gives you a right buzz. You know, no no buzz like it. It's uh fantastic and, and the other side then is you know you, you, you're getting beat and you're losing you're not playing well and you're going up for help and support and you know it's, it's an awful time and it, it can be horrible on your family as well and you're coming home in bad form and you're even out in the building shopping or whatever and you're just still thinking of <laughs> the football and the bloody phone is going 24-7 you know it's, it's tough going like I know so them know. lads you know earned our song when they're managing they really do well I think it's uh, I think you'll be listening to be plenty of people who manage Leinster Senior League uh, teams and you know schoolboy teams and, all, and they'll all reflect on the exact same thing they'd be tossing turning and what have you and I suppose the more you go up the more pressure there is so it's obviously multiplied so uh, no, yeah, fair, fair, fair play to you. Listen, one last thing. If yeah. there was one thing you could do with the League of Ireland to help it improve, what would it be? I'll improve the bloody ground. They're awful at the minute. You know, they're, they're, it's not comfortable. I mean, yeah, I'm not picking on teams, but you go up today, you know, I'm not too far from there. And there's only a couple of sides of the ground open when they're turning away people over there. I always love uh, Pat's there could do a, you know, an injection of, of money to help them uh, do up the ground. The ground, even the, our, our champions, uh, Dundalk, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, they're our showpiece. And look, look at their yarn, the ground that they're playing. So I would say facilities and comfort and the whole uh, match experience should be so much better than it currently is, you know. Yeah, no, I'm 100% behind you on that one because there's been so much money put into the infrastructure of the, the Gaelic games and I'm I'm delighted yeah. I'm delighted there is like it should be uh, but it definitely there needs to be some sort of parity with the League of Ireland um, and, and it wouldn't cost too much uh, in comparison to the, the Gaelic football to uh, to upgrade yeah. the, this, the, the stadium and, and it's all about aesthetics and if people see it on the telly and they see it they go to the games they yeah. want the facilities yeah. and yeah. it's just yeah build a brick yeah so listen yeah did you ever drive down the country and see them Gaelic grounds with just it's, ordinary junior clubs the facilities are something else it, it is and there's an awful jealous feeling that rolls inside you're looking at it going got to be a great football stadium <laughs> I'd love to go right. to there you know? so, um, dead right, dead listen right. Harry you're an absolute gent thanks for giving us your time and uh, I really do hope oh, to see welcome. you back in uh, the League of Ireland uh, sometime soon I know there's always a job around and unfortunately someone else has to lose a job for you to get a job but um, yeah, yeah hopefully all your experiences uh helps you out when you, you progress forward again and, and hopefully we'll get you back on again and to talk about uh, where stuff. you go the next time. Okay, thanks very much. Enjoy the chat. Thank Cheers. You. Thanks, Harry. Talk to you.